And welcome to episode three of Crosstalk, where we bring together the hosts of the CGM Radio Network to discuss the hottest issues of the day. With me is Bob from The Bob Siegel Show, JP from JP's Political Matrix. I'm Ryan Holland, founder of CGM Radio and host of World News Brief. And joining us for the very first time, but most certainly not the last, is pastor, theologian, and author Jim Barrier. Now, why is this amazing man of God joining us, you may ask? I'll tell you. It's because he's launched a brand new show right here on CGM Radio called Since You Asked. Jim, congratulations on the new show and welcome to Crosstalk. Man, I'm, I'm very excited to be a part of this. I'm very excited uh, to be a part of the CGM network and, and um, thank you for all your help and hard work. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We spent a, a couple days uh, we spent a day together, what was it, yesterday yeah. or the day before, um, uh, putting together uh, your show and stuff. We had a lot of fun doing it. So uh, we're going to dive into the, the Pence versus Harris debate. We're going to just dive in feet first. It was a fascinating debate and just all kinds of insanity and lies and just all kinds of red meat for guys <laughs> guys like us. So, uh, But first, Jim, if you would, since you've got a brand new show here on CGM, if you would just take a second, tell us a little bit about yourself and also about your show. Okay, I am... Uh... I just retired. I've been a pastor for 40 years. And the fact is, for the almost last 50 years, if I wasn't on staff with a ministry, either a church or parachurch organization, I've been involved as a lay worker somewhere. So recently retired. In fact, I retired. And two weeks later, the COVID thing happened and the whole world shut down. So everybody retired. But all of that time of teaching and speaking and, and everything has given me a lot of experience. And the show that I'm doing, the podcast is called Since You Asked. And over the years, there are quite a few questions that people have asked, uh, believers, church people, things about the scriptures, about the Bible. And so that's what the show really, um, it's the theme of it. So we're doing, it's a Bible study format, but trying to answer questions that I uh, hope a lot of people uh, have interest in and need answers to. So that's, um, that's what the show is about. That's what I'm about. And it, it's kind of cool because um, I didn't know leading into retirement what I'd be doing after that. And now we're doing this show. And of course, I'm on Bob's show and uh, regularly. And I've also just finished my second book. So I'm staying busy. Uh, that That's fantastic. So everybody needs to subscribe to Jim's show. You can do that. Go to cgmradio.com. Click on the Since You Asked uh, banner right there. You can subscribe. You can look up Since You Asked on your favorite podcasting app. Jim is everywhere. Uh, he got approved everywhere. Somehow they let him slip in. So, um, so yeah, definitely do that. Okay, well, well Jim. Hey, Ryan, could I ask Jim a question? He said his second book. No, yeah. I second. thought under the, the politically correct scheme that we're living under, a man's entitled to only one book. There are some people that haven't written any books, and he writes two. Shouldn't those book authorships be redistributed? Now, Bob makes a I'm point. I'm a little bit confused here. Uh, Jim, would you like to yeah. respond? Well, uh, if he would Hey, wait, 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 wait. No, 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 no. Uh, we need to move on <laughs> to the next question. Exactly. Exactly. This is... Uh, I just need to moderate this. I need... Somebody needs to moderate this uh, mess. Uh, I will uh, tell course, you, though, JP. Jim... I will tell you that doesn't sound like much of a retirement plan. I, I it sounds like a lot of work. Hey, hey, don't tell him that we've got sorry, him. Sorry. Okay, let's make yeah. him think he's still in retirement, even though he's working there you go. with CGM. So, okay, <laughs> let, yeah, that's right. I won't say a word. Okay, let's let's dive into this Pence versus Harris debate. I'm sure uh, a lot of us watched it just 
really, it was it was an incredible exchange, and you couldn't see, I think, a starker difference uh, between the two candidates, between the two ideologies and uh, political platforms. So, uh, Bob, let's go to you first. I want, I'd, lo- I'd love to get everybody's just initial impression. What was your initial impression of of this debate, uh, even you know, juxtaposed with the the first debate, and what are your yeah? Initial well, thoughts? on the positive side, to any thinking person, which means maybe fifty percent of the country, Pence won hands down. Um, he did a better job than Trump. I, it's not that Trump didn't make good points, but Pence said it in a way that it could sell. Trump kind of talks off the cuff, talks without a filter, and Pence really laid it out. Uh, strung it along point to point. He did a very good job of not obeying the stupid rules. He very gently, very gentleman-like, when the moderator tried to interrupt him to tell him his time was up, say, excuse me. She made a lot of accusations. I am going to answer them. On the negative side, once again, I, I really don't understand why the Republicans keep agreeing to these formats. Like I said last time, right. these are not real debates. Just look at the opening two questions, and I'm paraphrasing, but it was basically first question to Kamala. Well, under the Trump administration, this COVID epidemic's just killing so many people. What will you do differently? Then she turns to Pence. Well, under your administration, this COVID epidemic's just killing so many people. Anything you plan to do differently in the two or three weeks you have left before the election? It, it, it was just absolutely insane. No questions to Kamala, such as... Uh, in the last debate, you challenged uh, Joe Biden for being a segregationist, said you were that little girl. When you were asked about it on a talk show later after you became the VP, you smiled and giggled and shrugged your shoulders and said, it was a debate. You say anything in a debate. Why are you just saying anything in this debate? How about when Joe Biden was accused of sexual harassment? You said, we must believe the women, which they were saying during Kavanaugh, and she said it again, and all that has changed. That's just about two of about a hundred questions she could have asked Kamala, but she was there to take out the Trump administration. Uh, yeah, no question. Jim, yeah. what were your thoughts? You know, uh, I saw, as you all did, I saw a, an incredible difference between the debate between the vice presidential candidates and then what we saw between the two presidential candidates, which for me was was very embarrassing. Um, I think of the four people we've watched debate, Pence is the only one that behaved himself and acted presidential. Um, you know, I, I was trying to, I, I try to be objective on all these things. I, I'm like you guys, I kind of have my mind made up. I know how I'm going to vote. But I was trying to listen to just, you know, I always try to give the benefit of the doubt and I, honestly, I agree with Bob. First of all, the questions are, are really set up uh, for, for the Democratic candidates, but uh, Harris didn't, I mean, at some point, she just refused to answer the questions. And, um, and at one, I know in one case, Pence pressed her and he, and he said, just for the record, she did not answer. And so it's kind of a lopsided thing, but I do like Mike Pence. I really like the way he came across. Um, you know, somebody today commented and said he, he seemed limp and, and uh, no, he just wasn't a maniac and out of control. Uh, so I like him. I, I think he probably expressed the Republican tickets agenda a lot better 
just by being calm and being direct and answering the questions. JP, what were your thoughts? Yeah, well, I, you know, I, I, I was thinking uh, about uh, how, you know, uh, Jim, you just described how he wasn't a maniac, right? Uh, Pence was not a maniac, didn't act like a maniac. And I, I just don't think it's fair that you, you know, you call out the participants of the last debate, you know, and necessarily call, uh, you know, that guy a maniac. I mean, I just don't think it's fair that you do that to Chris Wallace. But I will say, <laughs> I will say that I think that um, Pence and I will say I called this on the show that that my last show I, did. I did call it. I think I called it. I said, you know what, uh, we 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 could just go ahead and say good cop, bad cop. Uh, you know, Trump was out there just ready to rumble, right? And and I think he did a great job. He did what he was supposed to do because they were there ready to rumble. That's all they wanted. They wanted somehow to get him and nail him against the wall, and he was not going to take it. He's in, he's the guy in the UFC cage, just going around and around and around, and you can't you can't you can't get him to stop, and you can't lay a good solid hit on him. You might jab, you might slap him around, you might get a hit here and there, but you're never getting that knockout punch, and he's going to make sure of it. So that's how I, I looked at, at Trump. Now here comes Pence with Kamala, and I believe. His job was to carry the water of the ticket. And what I mean by that is to come out and lay. And he did an absolutely superb job of this. And everybody knows it. He came out stable, steady, rock solid, and laid out all of the points very uh, with such authority and with... Uh, an amazing, steady, uh, just viewpoint, a, a very stout and stable, everything opposite of what the rumble was, right? right. And, and he just laid out for America what they've, what the the the, the Trump Pence ticket has done, and now will do, and drew out the Biden Harris ticket, and what they are going to do even behind the scenes what they plan to do unspoken including pack the courts and you were alluding to that right. as well where she would not answer and and, yeah. and you know and it, it was it was a it was a, a disaster i think for them because so much was i think potentially unwittingly because she is not as astute as mike pence he is absolutely aware he is very cognitive of the of the points he wants to make and she i don't think when he alluded to things or brought things up i don't think she was following along that he was drawing her out and bringing light to issues that we know the mainstream media is not going to shine light on so i think he did the great job he brought out what they've done well what they're going to continue to do well and shined light on the the weakness of socialism, the the absolute flaws in in what it is they want to do, and that it's power thereafter not helping the American people at all. No, that's that's fantastic, and I want to say also uh, make sure along with the launch of uh, Jim's new show, since you asked at cgmradio.com, we've also done a soft launch of a brand new news aggregator site, cgm.news, cgm. Dot news, and that's where you're going to find U.S. news, 
world news. We'll keep you up to date there on everything going on with CGM as well. And any articles and videos that we play and discuss here on this broadcast or any articles and videos on all the broadcasts on CGM, uh, the CGM radio shows will be there. So check it out now. I love to do a, a mix of U.S., of world news to really keep abreast of what's going on in the world. So check uh, check that out. I mean, I th- I thought just my initial impressions were that she, uh, I mean, we really, as I alluded to earlier, we really got to see Kamala on full display. I think her being in a debate, especially opposite someone such as Mike Pence, was devastating for the Democrat Party. We just saw, at first, I was really annoyed seeing her face on the split screen. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is terrible. But it it took Mm. me about 30 seconds before I tweeted out, no, no, keep her up. Keep her face up there. It's because it it is, look, just, you know, I try to be objective as I can. I'm definitely biased towards Pence, uh, but I try to be objective as I can. She just looked just petty. Valley girl, Valley girlish at times. I remember she was, well, I was talking to Joe and she's kind of twirling her hair and smiling. I'm like... (laughs) This is weird, man. I don't know if you guys saw that. But and then just the pettiness, the I'm talking. I'm we're gonna play a few few clips as well. Okay. But I think it was very good for America to kind of see her up there unfiltered, juxtaposed uh with someone such as uh such as uh Mike Pence was was very helpful to our side. How much a VP debate will move the needle? I don't know. Especially if we don't have any more debates. I don't know, maybe this debate will move maybe. the needle. Um, which and I wanted to ask you ask you guys about that because there was some breaking news today that Trump uh, and we'll get back to the VP debate, but that Trump has said he won't do the second debate if it is a, a virtual debate. Uh, Bob, do you think that was a do you think that was a good move? I thought that was a great move. If it's a virtual debate, every time they don't like what he's saying, they will mute his mic. I had National Review contributor Mike Friedenberg on my own radio show this week. Yeah, it was great. And we were talking about the fact that they had already talked about muting mics. This was before they decided to go completely virtual. They, next time, he says, uh, well, Trump would just walk right over and talk into Biden's mic if they did that, which he probably would. And that's so good for him. What took them so long? They should not have agreed to any of these formats. And again, I think Pence did a phenomenal job last night, but these are not real debates. They should either have real debates where the, the two opponents talk to each other. I want to hear the questions that one candidate has for the other. I simply don't care what the moderator's agenda is or her getting all up in a bundle because he's going on too long because she she wants to end this conversation, which is in the middle of something extremely important and move on to something else. And what? A, a, A young girl said, can't we all learn to get along and be civil? Okay, that sounds great. It does nothing about where we are as a country. This idea, well, you know, there's there, there's a problem. It's really going on on both sides. Every time one politician does something, I always hear it's well, they do it on both sides. You know what? Yeah, sometimes, but sometimes one side is right, and sometimes one side is wrong. And in this particular case, there is going to be pure evil running our country. And somebody out there can be listening to me right now and say it's extreme. Let me tell you something. If these guys win. You'll wish Trump had interrupted a lot more in last week's debate. You'll wish Trump had picked something up and thrown it across the room. If these guys win, 
somebody, I don't remember who it was, but I heard some commentators say this week, you only get to vote for communism once. And then if your vote wins, you're never going to get to vote for anything again the rest of your life. That's right. That was devastating and absolutely where we're at as a country right now. Jim? You know, uh, for me, uh, looking at those two last night, I'm thinking you're going to have the two oldest candidates running against each other. And there is a great possibility that whoever wins the election, it's possible they wouldn't finish out four years. And so you're looking at a person that's one heartbeat away from the Oval Office. And when I think about that, I, I look at Pence and I look at Harris and I think, that's a no-brainer. It's a no contest. How in the world could you want her to be at the helm of this nation? And, but it's a great possibility. So uh, I thought that there was a lot at stake with this vice presidential debate because of those uh, factors. All right. Well, I promised some clips of the debate. I wanted to play this clip of Mike Pence uh, responding on the economy. You know, Bob, as you mentioned earlier, it's just out of the gate, whether it was COVID, whether it was it was the economy, it was all bad news. I mean, it was so biased. It's it's not they don't even try to hide the bias. I mean, it's so flagrant. It's so out there. But thank God that Mike Pence, I mean, Mike Pence, can can defend and explain I think the MAGA agenda so much better than than Trump can and when it when it is explained and it's defended and and a, just a, a, a civil but firm he was he was passionate at, at times you know he he, he, he didn't hold back he really I think surprised a lot of people he was a fighter you know that the word uh, meekness is not weakness uh, meekness is power under control and that's what I saw with Mike Pence last night. So here is him responding to that, uh, once again, very biased question. You can ask a question about the economy. The question should be, Mike Pence, you say the economy is good. Kamala Harris, you say the economy is bad. Go. Like, that's what a moderator would do. But what this lady did was was really uh, was really disgusting. Uh, she wasn't as bad as Chris Wallace, but, but still bad. But, but Pence, thank God, uh, he was ready for all this, and, and he responded well. Vice President Pence, your administration has been predicting a rapid and robust recovery, but the latest economic report suggests that's not happening. Should Americans be braced for an economic comeback that is going to take not months, but a year or more? You have two minutes to answer uninterrupted. When President Trump and I took office, America had gone through the slowest economic recovery since the Great Depression. It was when Joe Biden was vice president, they tried to tax and spend and regulate and bail our way back to a growing economy. President Trump cut taxes across the board. Despite what uh, Senator Harris says, the average American family of four had $2,000 in savings in taxes. And with the rise in wages that occurred, most predominantly for blue-collar, hardworking Americans, the average household income for a family of four increased by $4,000 following President Trump's tax cuts. But America, you just heard Senator Harris tell you, on day one, Joe Biden's going to raise your taxes. It's really remarkable to think, Susan. I mean, right after a time where we're going through a pandemic that lost 22 million jobs at the height, we've already added back 11.6 million jobs because we had a president who cut taxes, rolled back regulation, unleashed American energy, fought for free and fair trade, and secured $4 trillion from the Congress of the United States to give direct payments to families, save 50 million jobs through the Paycheck Protection Program. 
We literally have spared no expense to help the American people and the American worker through this. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris want to raise taxes. They want to bury our economy under a $2 trillion Green New Deal, which you were one of the original co-sponsors of in the United States Senate. They want to abolish fossil fuels and ban fracking, which would cost hundreds of thousands of American jobs all across the heartland. And Joe Biden wants to go back to the economic surrender to China, that when we took office, half of our international trade deficit was with China alone. And Joe Biden wants to repeal all of the tariffs that President Trump put into effect to fight for American jobs and American workers. So much, so much there. Who would like to, who would like to go first? I mean, they talk about, uh, you know, obviously the, the economic gains that the moderator tried uh, to play down. She, uh, he talked about the, the China he talked about the paytex, uh, Paycheck Protection Program and saving jobs and all that. So what did you guys, uh, how do you guys feel about Pence's response? Well, one thing on the economy, because Kamala Harris brought up about our tanking economy. Every time Trump, during these last six or so months, said, I don't want the cure to be worse than the disease. We have to open the economy back up. The Democrats, the mainstream media, they did everything to shame him. It was always, Mr. President, how many deaths will it take before you admit that the economy is not as important? And of course, without an economy, other lives die as well. So they're trying to blame Trump, who's trying to open up the economy. And at the same time, they're trying to blame him for the COVID. It, it, it's very, very disingenuous. Yeah. I, I think that the economy is the issue in this election. And uh, the first three years, incredible, incredible progress. He did amazing things with the economy. And of course, if he hadn't invented COVID and brought it to America, you know, <laughs> the economy would still be good, but it was obviously Trump's fault, right? Um, so I, I think that's still, still the issue. And I think he will rebuild the economy. He gets reelected, we're gonna move forward and that's good news for all Americans, except for a few Democrat politicians. Well, Kamala's rebuttal to that with the, uh, you know, I saw a stat said that the top two things that Americans are concerned with are COVID, uh, but number one was the economy. So economy, then COVID, right? So everybody's worried about the COVID still, the corona, because uh, mainstream media just keeps juicing this along. But Kamala had so much hyperbole in this one statement regarding this, saying that this was the number one largest biggest grandest i don't know what else could i say that she said uh she you know worst thing that any president in the history of the world has ever screwed up was handling of the corona and you know that was it was just absurd my jaw dropped i was saying that, that she didn't really just say that right that that right that 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 the handling of COVID nineteen was uh, Trump's handling of it, which he uh, which by the way Mike Pence is absolutely probably the most prepared out of anybody uh, in a, on a debate stage, and the fact that he is so even keel, you cannot shake the guy. You couldn't shake him. Even when he was interrupted at the end, I'll chase a rabbit. He was absolutely going to finish his thought, and he did. Every single time. Kamala, even though she was screaming and whining and crying about his time, his time, you just can't stop this guy. 
However, they should have always allowed him to finish his thoughts. But back to the hyperbole. She absolutely threw it out there that this was the number one worst thing that's ever been handled. And then Mike Pence comes because he's prepared. And that's where I was going with all of this. That Mike Pence says, oh, let, let's talk swine flu, shall we? And that Obama's administration, with which I think Joe Biden was uh, awake for some of that, he actually uh, was a part of the absolute number one that I believe was probably the worst handling of a pandemic. And they got lucky. It was not as virulent as COVID-19. Not as many people died, but 65 million Americans got it. Nobody talks about that. Well, imagine if the death rate, it would have been, if it were 10 times, you know, we would have been looking at 2 million plus dead, not 200,000, which by the way, I would still like to say that somebody please challenge these numbers. The CDC said that the, the back when it was 156,000, that only about 9,000 were due to COVID alone. Everybody else had comorbidities. Everybody else had comorbidities, other underlying disease. I mean, and and that that that's why I think two hundred thousand is still a number that the Republicans need to call to the mat. We need to get someone to look at those numbers, really peel the onion there, and find out what the truth is, and define it so that that graph can be built and that people can see that okay, ten thousand people have died of COVID nineteen, but sixty thousand a year plus die of the flu, which is also a coronavirus. So let's get real with all of this. I think the numbers are still fraudulent, but go ahead. I. Yeah, no, well, I'm I'm going to uh, move on to climate change, unless there's anything else you guys want to comment on that before I do the fracking and all of that. Is there any, any final comment? They, they, they could have asked Kamala, if you guys weren't so worried about impeachment back when Trump was closing down China, maybe you would have done something about exactly. the coronavirus. Oh, it, it's That's amazing. a great point. It's amazing. And, and as we know, and it's clear, and it's on record, and it's indisputable, that the Democrats called Trump a xenophobe and a racist for shutting down travel from China. is in, He's extreme for shutting down travel from Europe. Mm. Uh, uh, the New York uh, governor, New York man, I go to the theater, you know, go out, do all this, you know, while Trump is shutting things down. It's it's indisputable, and it, it's it's amazing to see how they how they just skirt around that on on stage because if if this is the threat they all say that it is Trump mm-hmm. absolutely absolutely did the right thing and there's no denying it and it's too bad it's it's spun the spun the way it is but don't don't hop over that real quick because I, I think I think we, we're all missing something and that is that a 74 year old slightly overweight a lot of Americans are 74 year old catches and captures a positive COVID-19 uh, 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 diagnosis on a Friday. Dude's back at work on Monday. Come on. I mean, really? This is the coronavirus. And now, yeah, he learned a lot. A lot went down. But exactly what just happened? We have a 74-year-old with slightly obese, overweight, if you will, carries it well, <laughs> goes into the hospital, Comes out mon- on a Friday, comes out on a Monday, feels great. Man, I feel better than I did 20 years ago. Man, this is awesome. He is evidence, walking evidence. He's going to go around right now to these rallies and say, yep, and not only that, my doctors just told me I've got antibodies, baby. Come on. Come on. <laughs> I, am, I am immune. I am immune. So I, I think it's important. 
I mean, that just happened. Yeah. We just saw the truth. We just saw truth right in front of us. I think, I mean, let me tell you, if you've ever thought the hand of God is on something, number one, he got elected in 2016. Number two, he just went through and got, got in and out of the hospital with COVID-19 in three days. Uh, three days, three nights, to be exact, uh, which is kind of bizarre. Un- oh, whoa, whoa. <laughs> heavy, heavy duty right there. I don't know. I'm not saying anything. Dang it. Why didn't I think yeah, of that? Be careful. Be careful. <laughs> why didn't I think of that? The brilliance. It's you, you know, talking about that, can I... Uh, but You're bringing up a point that's been consistent through all of these things, and that's that the Democrats aren't concerned with telling the truth or giving facts. And I gave this some thought today, you know, looking ahead to this show. Uh, Bob and I have talked a lot about Islam and how in certain situations, it's okay to lie if you're in jihad and if you're waging a war. And uh, in, in communist regimes and, and revolutions that have taken place, it's okay to lie for the party and for the cause. And I'm thinking, these guys are the same way. They right. don't care about telling the truth or using facts. They're going to say whatever they have to to convince the American people that they've got a better plan. Great point. I, I hope not many people are buying that, but but that's what I saw. They're just they're not even concerned about telling the truth. Well, mm. speaking of telling the truth, and another thing that was conspicuous and left out of the debate, although Pence tried to bring it up, was this bombshell smoking gun about Brennan. And the fact that they tried to wage an actual coup against the president right after he got yeah. into office, the day is going to come when they're going to finally have to admit what they did. That's my prediction. And you know what that they're going to do? Well, yeah, 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 we did that. But hey, back in Nazi Germany, wouldn't you have wanted to see the German government get rid of Hitler? I mean, Trump was Hitler. So mm-hmm. yes, we did that. The ends justify the means. So mm-hmm. they lie, they lie, they lie. When they finally can't lie anymore, they rationalize what they did. Yeah. And, or they finally throw Hillary under the bus and she goes to jail. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? I don't know. There's a lot going on right now. If you really think about it, how many angles can we get hit at one time? I mean, if we're gonna if we're gonna let the Obama Hillary plan out. Let's do it right now, fellas. I think now's a good time, shall we? Friday night, let's throw this out there and let's just get it out. So- yeah, I mean, and it's and it's it is interesting because the what's what's come out, the documents being released showing that Hillary and Obama and everybody knew that it was a hoax from the beginning and even plan and Hillary planning the hoax and using the hoax. It, mm-hmm. it would be it's interesting that that Pence never actually brought that up in the debate. Maybe he felt like it was it was too soon or it wasn't the right time. I think he did a phenomenal job. We can you know, obviously Monday morning uh, quarterback, but he said it passing when they asked if they would concede the election, and he said the Democrats for the last three years have not conceded. Agreed. That time that was back. great. Yeah, that was a good line. And so he yeah. brought it up, but there's no way in the world that moderator was going to bring that up. But there's also the biggest news story of the day, and she yeah. was not going to mention that. I know, that's amazing, Bob. That's right. I, I don't think that he had any friends there either. But also, I think that the American people, it does take time for the American people to digest things where things are at the point where they can receive now even a commentary on it. And I believe that it's real new, even though they have probably, um, what's the word I'm looking for when you're just absolutely burned out. I mean, they are burned out, you know, of all that stuff. It went on for three and a half years and all this. And now, yeah, it's going to hit the fan. I do believe whatever that is, but they're going uh, to have to be ready 
Mike Pence can't do it in a two-minute rebuttal to something or even even two minutes of, of discussing it. No. American, the, the American people have to be ready. And when they are, I do believe when their ears and they're ready to open and they're open, they're going to be furious. I believe they will have the correct reaction, but it's going to take time for all of this. Other, there's so much noise right now. It's hard for Americans to digest much. We're trying to get our hands around COVID. We're trying to get our hands around, are they going to cheat this election? We're trying to get our, our, our hands around, our president just got in and out of co- coronavirus in, in three days and three nights. And wait, what? All these, I'm, I'm being told this over here, and it's unbelievable what's going on right now. Yeah, it's information. Information and the response overload. to his recovery is that they're going to try to use the 25th Amendment to remove him from office. Now. Oh, yeah. And and it also that ties right back to what we were discussing and why Don, they are going for this virtual uh, debate that Donald Trump said, absolutely not, not going to happen. And so they're in negotiations right now about it. I do think that he'll come out victorious. He's a negotiator. They're not going to give in to that. That's an absolute joke. And everybody knows it. Yeah. Newsflash. We've had nothing but virtual debates since these presidential quote unquote debates have started. I'm yeah. glad Trump finally called one of them out. I think Joe yeah. Biden is virtual. I'm not sure he's actually there. <laughs> Sometimes. Well, they could just have Joe Biden debate himself because there's enough sound bites and clips where they could split the screen and have him arguing with himself. Boy, I mean, they do have those montages of Biden versus Biden. I think, uh, who who was it? Students for Trump or one of those uh, groups put out a Biden versus Biden uh, montage yeah. that I heard. And it was it's absolutely, absolutely right. We should play that on here one time. Oh, yeah, it's like, hey, Joe, did you like the party last night? How was it? Well, uh, they tell me I had a really good time. Uh-huh. <laughs> Cheap shot, <laughs> but funny. <laughs> okay, so I want to. I want to. They of course brought up climate change. That's their. That's their favorite yeah. topic. Um, and of course, the the issue of of fracking came up. Mm-hmm. And I want to play this video because it, it's it really is astonishing to see Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are suddenly pro fracking. They're pro fossil fuels i mean it's they've been saying for years that they're against it that they want to abolish it and here's a quick montage of uh, the first person this is like 30 seconds the first person is uh kamala harris and then uh, it's actually a montage of a bunch of democrats on the issue of fracking if you want to know where they actually stand on fracking when they're not trying to appeal to the middle and Pennsylvania and Michigan and, you know, just to win an election. Mm -hmm. Here's what they really think. Again, first speaker Kamala Harris. Here we go. There's no question I'm in favor of banning fracking. We're going to be okay if the vast majority of the world goes vegetarian immediately. Coal-burning plants. No one's going to build another coal-burning. We've got to shut the ones down we have. Do you ban plastic straws? I think we should. I love the vision of the Green New Deal. Do away with commercial air travel and a lot of other things. We have to take they take combustion engine vehicles off the road as rapidly as we can. What about offshore drilling for oil? Would you ban it? Yes. Absolutely yes. Yes. Some of it is with light bulbs. Some of it is on straws. Some Pocahontas. Of it, dang, is on cheeseburgers, right? <laughs> They're crazy. Gentlemen, are, are the Democrats, have they changed their ways? Have they mended their ways? And they are now... And they've seen the light. Yes, we do need and love and want fossil fuels. Would the real Kamala Harris, Joe Biden, please stand up? 
they, the two of them never had a real genuine conviction about anything in their lives. But to give Joe some credit, he probably never heard of fracking until recently when somebody explained it to him. And that goes for his talk about Charlottesville. He probably couldn't distinguish Charlottesville from Gila again than Arizona on a map. So let's give Joe a break. True. Um, I thought frack was the uh, mild expletive used on Battlestar Galactica, but I, I could be wrong. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I mean, it is... that's what I bring to the table, yeah. guys. <laughs> Battlestar Galactica—that's a—that's a new show, right? What, no, well, 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 something yeah. new. You're, you're not old enough. <laughs> oh yes, I am. Uh, okay. Buck Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, uh, Jim actually also is he's quite the music connoisseur. Um, I know I know Bob and Jim do uh, on on Bob's show. They do a, a guess this tune uh, type of thing every once in a while. So uh, maybe we'll have to do that. Well, that's the problem with podcasting. Actually, you got You can't license all that stuff. But uh, Wait, guess what tune we're not allowed yeah. to play. That's what you can do in the podcast. Guess what? <laughs> guess what? We uh, can't can we play. hum it? Can we hum the tune? Uh, tune? I don't, I don't know. know. Is that probably, is that illegal? The way all of us hum, we could probably get by. I so. do know that you can do Happy Birthday again. So we're good with that now. I heard that that was okay again. <laughs> so here's here's what what was interesting as. Kamala was talking about fracking, how she's magically now pro-fracking. We get a tweet from Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, everybody's favorite communist. During the exchange, she tweeted, fracking is bad, actually. Mm. And, uh, well, thank you for that amazing, um, that brilliant insight, but... Uh, you know, the question, Dan Bongino brought this up right after the first debate, that one thing that Trump did do successfully during that first debate is that he severed, he figured out a way to sever the hard left from yes. uh, from the, you know, what the, I guess, more moderate Democrats, you could say, or this establishment Democrats. Do you feel like uh, Pence moved the needle on that even more uh, on this debate during the climate change discussion, a fracking discussion? Hmm. I, I think on all of it. Go ahead, Jim. Go ahead, Go ahead. No, please. No, I insist. Your first day. Okay. I, I think that, that Pence really did point out um, that in so many words, the, the Democrat Party has been hijacked by the extreme left. And he, ref, he referenced the New Green Deal a few times at AOC. And of course, she took offense to that, that he didn't call her by her full name. But uh, I think he, he uh, did try to bring some awareness to that the Democratic Party has swung so far left now, they've, they've given into, uh, you know, the old thing that says the, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, AOC is kind of squeaky. So <laughs> I, I, I think that, that uh, that's coming to the forefront now. There, uh, there are some extreme, extreme views in that party. And Biden-Harris uh, have bought into it. Well, I think it's been a great opportunity for education. When you look at California and it's burning and the common sense, which is not so common, we've come to realize, and conventional wisdom is not very wise, we realize that it's opportunity to educate. And I do believe that they're doing a really good job. And I, will, I saw you know, President Trump explaining how 
uh, that forest management and what it can actually do, how all of that brush and that kindling mm-hmm. just creates and rots and becomes just, you add, you know, a lightning bolt to it and boom, you've got an entire, I think they're up they're they're talking about how a million acres, I, I don't know what this number was that has burned, but it, it's phenomenal. The amount of California and I guess uh, up in the Northwest has burned and it's due to lack of management because these environmentalists, we all know what they've done. They've completely cut out any of the force management and creating edge for which the wildlife love you know you you cut and and you you thin out and then you even do some under burning of all of that dead stuff and it cleans it up and the the wildlife yeah. loves it i mean they've lost more wildlife uh and, and and more trees that they thought they were helping and they're just absolutely it's absurd but donald trump has been educating and I believe that that you know, if not the wackos that are just absolutely, you see the Karens, they're screaming on social media, and everyone's making fun of them. They don't know that they're the butt of everybody's joke, I suppose, until they see themselves maybe and go, "Wait, that's me." But uh, I, I do believe that the moderate, which which again, I I'm not a fan of anybody who's in the middle who says I'm just undecided. I don't get that. I'm not sure what that means. No conviction, no strength. Anyway, uh, but they at least can hear where the others can't and, and will listen. And I believe now they're listening more than ever. Those that whatever they call those people that they really do believe in. I don't know if they really exist in numbers that they think they exist in the, 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 the soft middle. I, I, I'm not convinced yet, but those people, if they exist, are truly listening now more than ever because they're seeing what's going on with, and this is tying in, there's so much going on, Antifa and the BLM movement. It's all been hijacked, and, and, and man, that left is destroying uh, the Democrats' message. They really are because they've embraced it, and so now they are them. They are representative of them. So I do believe that that middle, to tie it all back, that the, the, the middle is being listen, is listening now to a Donald Trump discuss things that maybe they wouldn't have heard before in regards to the environmental issues that we're faced against. And that there's, um, and by the way, I love how Mike Pence says, you know, climate change. What do you guys think about that, by the way? How they agree that there is climate change. Well, yeah, it's called fall and then we have winter oh and guess what we're gonna have spring oh and then oh, summer wow. yep it's going to bob, Lu- yep. bob lives in san diego they don't have any of that <laughs> <laughs> well he's like if yeah if the world was spinning bob would be right in the middle it's all spinning around bob <laughs> and, you know, and the weather is beautiful there so my 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 uh conundrum with climate change is i'm trying to figure out how the ice age melted when donald trump wasn't alive yet because obviously we had a lot of global warming to melt the ice age. How are they going to pin that one on Trump? And getting back to the California and the burnings, if there's one group of people that environmentalists love to lift up the most, it's the Native Americans. The Native Americans knew how to handle the environment. Okay, listen to the Native Americans. The Native American tribes in California, the Zianti being one of them, you know what they used to do? years ago when they were running things controlled burnings Mm -hmm. so these people they just don't know what they're talking about it's just somehow it's trump's fault oh and by the way trump's the one who needs to send us money to bail us out of it too Mm. of course of course and it's so much easier to blame the heavens 
for your problems than than your own mismanagement over over decades and decades bowing to the radical environmentalists. And it's really sad. I know my parents would vacation up in Napa frequently. I've got parents in Orange County. They would they would vacation up in Napa. And I mean, it's burning. It's ev- it's burning everywhere. I, I I look at this and go, you know, we're uh, we're over the three of us uh, are over here in, in Texas, and we're just looking at Cal, this beautiful state, California, and watching it burn, and just mm-hmm. to think that it could all have been avoided. Uh, but uh, elections, obviously, they do they do have consequences. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, we we can't hit everything this hour, but. We definitely want to talk about the Supreme Court. The That topic came up, and that's, uh, of course, now suddenly the Supreme Court is one of the hottest topics, uh, if not the hottest topic of the election. And the issue of court packing, Mike Pence dealt with it just head-on, dead-on, and just a beautiful Mike Pencean kind of way. Here <laughs> is... Here is uh, Pence just exposing that they are actually going to pack the courts. When you speak about the Supreme Court, though, I think the American people really deserve an answer, Senator Harris. Are you and Joe Biden going to pack the court if Judge Amy Coney Barrett is confirmed? I mean, there have been 29 vacancies on the Supreme Court during presidential election years from George Washington to Barack Obama. Presidents have nominated in all 29 cases. But your party is actually openly advocating adding seats to the Supreme Court, which has had nine seats for 150 years, if you don't get your way. This is a classic case of if you can't win by the rules, you're going to change the rules. Now, you've refused to answer the question. Joe Biden has refused to answer the question. So I think the American people would really like to know if Judge Amy Coney Barrett is confirmed to the Supreme Court of the United States, are you and Joe Biden, if somehow you win this election, going to Pack the Supreme Court to get your way. I'm so glad we went through a little history lesson. Let's do that a little more. Wow. No, no need to listen to her false history lesson where she misquotes Abraham. Abraham. Yeah, what said about Abraham Lincoln was a bunch of bunk that never happened. That's, it's unbelievable she could come up with such a great story, though. You know, it's that... <laughs> it's, these people trying to get the votes up. I'm yeah. sorry, say that again, Bob. It shows the contempt that she has for the people of whom she's trying to get a vote. The yeah. utter contempt and how stupid she thinks they are. Yeah, and and I mean, look, we're having to, I mean, Trump is has an educational initiative. We're trying to basically kind of revive the the history of old. And and not this this modern history that's trying to paint America as just a slave owning racist racist nation. Um, uh, how do you guys how do you guys think Mike did in exposing and 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 really bringing that issue to light? I think this. he was great about asking that question. She did not answer his question, and in fact, today Biden came out and said, "You'll get my answer after I'm elected." Mm. <laughs> it's Pelosi. We have to pass the bill before we find out what's in it. That's exactly yeah. what it is. It's like remember the Tootsie Roll Pop commercials, crunchy on the outside, <laughs> but you don't get that chewy center till you can. I mean, and they're serving this stuff on a platter, and people are buying it. You asked earlier, Ryan, if if Pence moved the needle, he should have because he was fantastic. He gets an A plus. But when you consider that there's such a difference 
between what Trump is doing and what Biden and Harris are going to do. When you run down issues like infanticide, burning down buildings, uh, the, the, the whole cancel culture movement, uh, sitting white people down even in kindergarten and telling them that they're privileged and that they should somehow be unhappy about their lives, which they're literally planning to do in schools or refusing to open up schools without that agenda here in California, defunding the police, mm. shredding our constitution. I, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, do most Americans out there even understand what it means to pack the Supreme Court? Do they understand that that basically means that we'll have a legislative branch that will just go ahead and, and bypass Congress and do an executive order for anything he wants? It'll get rubber stamped by the 50 justices he put in I don't think most people understand that. And so who's going to decide this election? I think we got into this last week. The so-called independents, the swing voters, anybody who has not made up their mind yet. Last night I'm watching Frank Lunds and he's doing this focus group. They're all mm. undecided. Oh, I'm going, God. undecided about what? You don't know whether babies should die? You don't know whether they should be burning our country down? What are you undecided yep. about? Who smiled more? Who looked more presidential? And these are the people that are going to decide our election. So when we put it that way, did Mike Pence move the needle in the sense that they said, well, he behaved himself. He was a gentleman. Great. And he was. And he did. And I wish Trump had done that more. However, that shouldn't be the issue. Anybody who's undecided at this point, we're in trouble. Listen, I, I don't think I, I, I know that's how we've been programmed and that's how most elections in the past have run. But I do not think this is a normal election. I do not think things are status quo as far as, oh, here's the Democrats, here's the Republicans, here's this, here's this. I think this is going to this is an absolute shakeup of everything. We have the walk away, the Blexit, the, the Latinos, the, the African-American community. They are all leaving in droves. We are seeing Yes, it's anecdotal evidence. Give me any other evidence. Your, your stupid polls are anecdotal because the only people that will talk to you are the liberal Democrats that don't have any jobs that at 3 o'clock in the afternoon answer their phone. Okay? I don't agree with those polls anyway, and the fact that you have 65% of them being liberal Democrats that you talk to, and the rest of them, you don't know exactly who or what they are and if they're telling you the truth anyway. But the same polls happened in 2016. Oh, yeah, Biden's winning, 16-point lead. Oh, yeah. Same stupid polls said before the, 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 the debate last night that uh, Joe that um, Kamala Harris get this. Kamala Harris had about a 14 point advantage against Mike Pence in likability. OK, you couldn't sell that. Oh, no, you couldn't sell that to anybody. I don't know anybody that would believe that poll, but that's the poll they, they shared. And it was a Fox News analyst. Uh, a reporter that said it. And I just, my jaw dropped again. I said, man, where's dad when you need him? The kids are in charge and Fox news is just going haywire. We need to go to Newsmax. We need to go to blaze TV. We're going to have to, you're going to see a shift. Something's going to get CGM radio. Yeah. CGM.news. CGM.news. I'll tell you, but let me tell you real quick. I think that these, these, these moments in these debates, they're not for that great unwashed middle. That doesn't really exist. I don't think, but, uh, that's another discussion. I do believe that these debates, the people that are interested, that are watching, I'm telling you, for the Pence-Trump team, the team we're on, what it does 
is it cuts through all the lies that we're deluged with. Most Americans are seeing and hearing a deluge of lies day in and day out. And I believe that a lot of these are mini rallies. In my mind, I look at a debate and I say, this is a mini rally. This is a chance for the truth to come across. And if some of those idiots on the other side get, you know, it penetrates, you know, their skull and they begin to uh, go cerebral and think about things a little bit, they will realize that these points are correct. And I believe that people are getting excited when they watch Trump do what he did. Because no one's really changed my, oh, Trump got a little excited. You know what? I'm going to vote Democrat. I just don't think that, I think it's different. I I think we're seeing major movements. And let me tell you, tomorrow, October 9th, Friday, between 11 and 2 Central Standard Time, Donald Trump is going to be hosted on the Rush Limbaugh radio program, the number one radio broadcast in the country. The man who single-handedly saved AM radio 25, 30 years ago. Rush Limbaugh, Donald Trump's going to be on there, and he's going to have a virtual rally on Rush's show. I don't know how long it's going to go. I don't know what it's going to look like. I know it's going to be there 11 a.m. Central tomorrow, Friday, October 9th, and it's going to be something special. First time it's ever happened. Again, history-making. Again, out-of-the-box thinking. Again, a leader, entrepreneur, business owner, problem solver coming up saying, how am I going to do this rally? How am I going to do this? I got COVID. Oh, here's what I'll do. Hey, Rush, what's up? Rush put it out there. He said, I'm in. Let's do this. That's happening tomorrow, fellas. And again, I don't think it's going to change anyone's mind, but it's important to get his team to the polls. And I think people are more fired up. I think it's going to be an over-the-top movement. And I'd love to hear y'all's thoughts on on the landslide, what's going to happen, if that's going to happen. Well, it reminds me of four years ago. I mean, I, Bob and I talked about it on the show. I, I, uh, I just mailed it in. I thought Hillary was going to win. I didn't think Trump stood a chance. And it's all sounding like that again. If you listen to the media, I, I don't believe the media. I don't believe the polls, but I do believe in American people. So uh, I hope you're right. I hope it's overwhelming. I hope, I hope that it's a, uh, a statement by the American people that were fed up. Oh, I can't say BS on this show, can I? You just did. <laughs> you mean, bar- hold on, Rush says um, Barbara Streisand. So that's what you mean, right? <laughs> or That's what you mean, Barbara Streisand? Well, you BS on the show, you just can't sing BS on the show. <laughs> you have to pay somebody for that. Hey, uh, in the last election, I was cautiously optimistic. My National Review friend, Mike Friedenberg, frequent guest on my show, called it for Trump. Amazing. That's a smart dude. I was cautiously optimistic then. I'm cautiously optimistic now. I I do believe that in terms of the fairness and who really truly votes and who is really truly a citizen, I do still think Trump will win. The Democrats will not accept it. We are going to be and already are in a civil war. Uh, that's not necessarily a bad thing if because mm-hmm. if the left is going to keep going left, we need a civil war. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not calling anybody to violence, but however it's fought, I'm I'm one of the ones that will fight by speaking out and with ideas only because I couldn't aim a gun if my life depended <laughs> on it. But then, then I don't live in Texas. I'm from California. So. Well, you know, we do things anyway, a little different uh, around here, these parts. <laughs> yeah. Not a lot of riots Spring going on up. in East Texas. I haven't seen any. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, well, you know, I don't know if you, yeah. Go ahead, Bob. Sorry. Go ahead, Jim. I was going to take a rabbit trail there, but I, I in Texas, 
Bob and I have debated on his show the differences between Texas and California, and, and uh, we live in the land of the free here still. And, what uh, debate? That, that's the only thing we haven't debated. Hands down, I pick Texas over California. <laughs> I may live in California, but I'm not debating anything about the virtues of California these days. Yeah, right? I know. Um, I, I, you say cautiously optimistic. I, I'm probably the, the same way, Bob. Um, and I'm more concerned about uh, the election being fair and straight up and not yeah. being, you know, stolen. Uh, and, you know, I, somehow we lost the thing about the Supreme Court, but I think Barrett's going to get approved. So <laughs> um, my concern isn't who, who's going to win if it's really the vote of the American people. My concern is the mail-in ballots, all the, the, the hanky-panky that's going on. Um, those things concern me. And... Um, and, and Hillary saying, do not concede no matter what. Uh, we've already seen it that she hasn't conceded. <laughs> yeah, Hillary years. says don't concede yeah. no matter what. And yet the moderator asks Trump if they're yeah. willing to concede the debate and doesn't put the question about Hillary and Biden to Kamala Harris. At least again, Pence to his credit, brought up a litany of things that the moderator should have brought up. And, she was going to be a and, real moderator. And this isn't, I can't imagine for the life of me, I would love to be a fly in the room, no pun intended. I'd love to be a fly in the room. I love a fly in the room. Yeah, I know. When when the Republican strategists get together and they talk about the presidential debate and the topic never comes up, um... What about the fact that the supposed nonpartisan commission on presidential b- debates is completely and 100% on the left, and they only ask leftists and Trump haters to moderate? They, they, try to, they try to show themselves as bipartisan by the fact that they have a Fox News anchor on there, but of course the Fox News anchor is, is a Democrat. I don't, for the life of me, how, how much money these people are being paid to be idiots. I'm I'm sorry, but it is it is insane to me that they even agreed to that first presidential debate the way that it was. We should never see the moderator. And we talked about this on the last crosstalk. I don't have to get too much on it, but I, I hope that with what has happened with Trump uh, standing firm to not doing the virtual debate, which could be just rife with fraud. We know that there could be notes. He could have an earpiece. Uh, Biden could have all kinds of notes, uh, you know, and teleprompters in the room, people feeding him inf- information, and it wouldn't be a real debate. And of course, on Twitter, they're calling him a, ch- you know, chicken Trump and all this because Twitter's just oh, yeah. terrible. Twitter's just awful. After Joe Biden's in his bunker for six months. Right, Trump's right. Yeah. So, but, but you know, so I, I hope this is the beginning of a of a new relationship between the Republican Party and the and the very partisan commission on presidential debates. Things change, and they get a brain, and and they like then they say, look, no, you're gonna you're going to invite all these partisan hacks to moderate these so called debates. Sorry, we're not doing it. Yeah, and you know what? I, I finally heard today. I understand a little more now how they rationalize these things because they say that there are Republicans that are on the debate commission, but the Republicans like Olympia Snow, former quote unquote GOP rhino. So there's all kinds of rhino Republicans that we, that's where the term never Trumpers come from. Never Trumpers are not Democrats. Never Trumpers are so-called Republicans and conservatives that are just too high and mighty to vote for somebody like Trump who talks off the cuff. 
So that's how they get away with it. And at these virtual debates, they could do more than cut Trump's mic. They could dub his voice in. They could have Trump come out and go, I've always thought the Klan were great. Klan and I get along great. Love the Klan. Great sheets. My pillow makes them. I mean, <laughs> who knows what they could do if they did this over the internet? A... I mean, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but not much. If there's anything these last six or four years have told us, it's that anything could happen. There's Any nothing. reason why could be put forth and people will accept yeah. it. And there's nothing that they will not do to gain power, even just blanketing states with with these ballots and which yeah. is just ripe for ripe for fraud. Yeah. Well, gentlemen, for the sake of COVID and safety, of course. Yeah, of course, of course. It's always for our good. It's always tyranny is always for our good. Uh, well, gentlemen, hmm. we're we're hitting about an hour here. Any final thoughts on on the debate uh, or or on the election? I, I I do. I believe Trump is going to win. The question is when. And I, is it going to be November? Is it going to be November third? <laughs> mm-hmm. Is it going to be you know December seventeenth or January fifteenth? I don't know. So it's I, I'm I'm personally very confident that that he will win. It does need to be a landslide in order for him to win. But we don't we we don't know. It's we are in a civil war. We've been in an ideological civil war, and and it has manifested itself in some violence, especially this year so this is a very sensitive time for our for our country but i'm i'm extremely hopeful and i'm extremely optimistic and i believe mm-hmm. that god is ultimately in charge of all of this um but uh final thoughts on, on the debate or uh, the the election uh, before we go well regarding needing to win by a landslide ryan if trump does win by a landslide that will not stop the democrats what they'll do as a matter of fact is say, our polls showed him far behind. The fact that he not only right. won, but won by a landslide mm. shows more than ever how fraudulent oh. and how he must have had Russia's help. That's what they will do. Only to say, a lot of people are saying, well, if he wins by a landslide, they can't contest it. Gentlemen, they are going to contest this no matter what. I'm not saying we won't have victory. I'm just saying we've got a fight on our hands. They are not planning to concede this election. And I believe mm-hmm. they think he is going to win. And I think that's why they came up with all this COVID garbage for the mail-in ballots. Mm-hmm. Boy, that's a great point. <laughs> Bob, that yeah. is a great an- analysis of that. I think, uh, and I hate that uh, you most likely are correct. <laughs> yeah. I, I, Although, I, and I, yeah. I appreciate your optimism, JP and Ryan. I do. Like I, I'm not as optimistic as you. I like hearing the optimism because we're in critical times and I do trust God. And, but boy, that's where my only trust is. It's yeah. prayer. It, it, yeah. Good call I, there. I do not trust when they, when they go and they find a bunch of uh, tampering in Pennsylvania with the voting machines and the official says, yep. we're confident that we're going to have an uncontested election. I'm going, thank goodness. Well, if they say that in Pennsylvania, then I'll sleep better. I don't have any faith in that. I do have faith in God. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Uh, Jim, well, as our honorary guest and and host of of the brand new show here on the CGM Radio Network, since you asked, um, we'll give we'll give you the the final word, and then we'll we'll close out. I think I have an appropriate word, and I've said this almost every time I've been on Bob's show for the past year or so. Um, our hope, as Bob said, is in God. The people of God need to pray, people of faith. Mm-hmm. Amen. And everyone listening to this 
uh, program here. Whether you are a devout or a churchgoer, if you're a person of faith and you believe in a God, now's the time to pray. It really does make a difference, and history is full of stories how praying people have changed the tide, and that's where my hope is, and I encourage people everywhere I go to pray, and so that that's my closing statement. Well, I think that is the perfect way to end off. We've seen God interact in so many uh, incredible ways already, and I think if we pray and we believe, we will see him continue to, mm-hmm. to do great things. I mean, we're surprised on a regular basis, so we will, we will watch and we will, we will pray. Amen. All right, well, that will do it for Episode 3 of CGM Radio Crosstalk. Again, thanks to Bob Siegel of The Bob Siegel Show, JP of JP's Political Matrix. I'm Ryan with World News Brief, and of course, uh, Jim Barrier with Brand New Since You Asked Podcast. Be sure to visit us online and subscribe to our shows at cgmradio.com. And don't forget, again, cgm.news for the uh, articles and videos that are referenced in this broadcast will be there, as well as the latest and hottest U.S. and world news. Have an incredible weekend, and we'll see you next time.